Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Bienvenidos, señoras y señores, to a new episode of the Bleed Lows Podcast. This episode of the Bleed Lows Podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting, and your favorite casino and card games are available to play right from your phone. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Bienvenidos, señoras y señores, to another episode of the Bleed Loves Podcast. I am coming to you live from Globe Life Field. Uh, we just, uh, the game just ended between the Doyers and the Rangers, game three of this three-game set. And uh, unfortunately, the Dodgers lost. Uh, they weren't able to pull off the sweep. But hey, they still took two out of three against the first place Texas Rangers. Overall, this road trip, they won six out of nine. Very impressive. Got to give the Dodgers credit. Uh, I'm coming to you live from the uh, press box here at Globe Life Field. So if you guys hear anything in the background, if I get interrupted, if I go on mute uh, unnecessarily, you know why. Uh, we are joined by La Reina de Playa Larga, Amy Cuevas, and Babyface. Uh, so let's get right into it, guys. Uh, I know people wanted the sweep, but look, two out of three against the first place team overall in this road trip. I mean, the Mets, it turns out, aren't very good. Uh, but that was a team that was desperate and needed to win. But the Doyers took care of business. I was very impressed with their wins against the Orioles. If anything, I think what's happened here is the Dodgers have showed that these other teams that are supposed to be top teams in the American League are a little bit flawed. So I think that's that to me is is hopeful that if the Dodgers do end up facing any of these teams in the American League, none of these teams are perfect. None of these teams are world beaters. I know we heard a lot of talk, and I don't know, maybe we're just not giving the Dodgers enough credit. I mean, up until Sunday's game, they had outscored the Rangers, I think, what was it, 27 to 8. Reina, what were your thoughts about the series in Texas? It looked like they were firing on all cylinders, like all of those little like kind of herky-jerky starts that we had this this season. It felt like it finally all came together with this series, whether it was the coincidence of Freddie's dance that everybody's doing, just having a little bit more fun, you know, that adding to it. But they like they were doing a really great job just playing, hitting the long ball, but also playing small ball. They put it all together in this series, it feels like. I want to get to the celebration, the dance celebration, a little bit later. Babyface, what is your impression? Because I know you are already poo-pooing the Rangers. Uh, I mean, what did you see here? I mean, is it time? I keep hearing this, you know. I feel like there's so much doubt that the Dodgers are a good team, but yet they beat two first-place teams in back-to-back series in the American League. Do we need to stop? I know people say, well, according to the Dodgers record, they're good. Aren't we? The Dodgers are good, aren't they, babyface? Yeah, I mean, I think they're real good. I think the problem has been is because they've had so many issues with the starting pitching, right? So many injuries. So it's like 
well, how can they keep doing that? How can they keep winning? How, and, and somehow they keep, they managed to do it, right? I mean, today they didn't, they didn't get the greatest uh, start from MSGN, right? So that's, that's kind of been the thing where it's like, oh, well, we're not getting a good start from the starter, right? But as, a, but as of late, you know, the bullpen has been able to help them out. I mean, that's one of the things that we don't want to get into that, seeing that same thing again where the starter can't give them, you know, three or four, you only give them three or four, and then you got to, you got to put all that on the bullpen. And, and then we, we've seen that that's kind of where it hurt him a couple of weeks back, right? When the, the bullpen was really struggling and we, we were saying they were overtaxed, right? So, I mean, I, I think the Dodgers are a really good team that, you know, a lot of, a lot of people haven't given them the credit, you know, and I think the Dodgers are right up there kind of, kind of right up there, like as last year, right? I mean, they might not get, you know, 108 wins or whatever, but they're going to be right up there at the end, you know, and they're, they're in first place out of the break. They've come out hot and, you know, they just got to keep it going. I want to get into the trade rumors uh, in, in a minute or so, but I just want to finish up with the series here in Texas and uh, a couple other things that I went ahead and I observed uh, in this two game series. I'm really glad that Johnny DeLuca has given it a chance. Uh, Jake Marisnik, we've look, we've discussed this already but DeLuca made some great plays defensively out in the outfield, especially um, on Friday. So I, I'm glad to go ahead and see in that. But in the last episode, and this is the reason why you, you guys need to listen to this show. And you need to listen to our show over all the other Dodger podcasts. Because what happened in our last episode? Didn't we talk about Max Muncy? We were talking about the, the Mun- Max Muncy bashing and then how we maybe needed to see him be dropped in the, in, in the lineup. I, I, I want to bring this up because Mon- Max Muncy had a very good series uh, in in Texas. Um, and you, he, on Saturday, he you know, people were still trying to figure out, like, well, what is it? Is it the fact that he was back home? It was home cooking. To me, it speaks to the psychology of sports. I don't know if it was just a simple comfort or, or the fact that he had some confidence being here. Um I, there's two things I want to segue to, but I want to finish on Max Muncy because I thought Dave Roberts said something. He told us this morning uh, in the pregame scrum that Muncy had shortened his bat a little bit. And because Max Muncy had shortened that bat, that's why he was see, having a little more success. Uh, Reina, what did you see from Max Muncy in this series? Uh, is this something, I guess that's the same question we need to ask ourselves is we've seen these streaks before from Max Muncy where he gets hot, but he can't seem to sustain it. What are you seeing? Is this something, is this at the beginning of another hot streak for Muncy? I mean, it could be. I'm looking at his batting average overall. It's 196. But if you look at the, over the last seven games, he's at 200. The last 15, he's at 224. So he's, he's definitely heating up. Uh, but I mean, to give him credit, w- whether we drop him in the lineup or we move him back to like the nine hole so that he can bolster Mookie, he still gets on base walking. And so he did that. He was connecting with the ball better. He was seeing it better, but he's also still walking and getting on base. So I think that's contributing to it. And then if you add playing a little bit of small ball to that, we're moving people over. So if he's already on base, we're bringing people in and he beat out a couple throws there. Like he's still got some speed. Like he moved to get to first and, and second in this last series. So babyface, is it, is it, let's just be honest. Is it Max Muncy? heard us talking about him and that's what uh inspired him that he needed to do better because he is a friend of the carne asada and i'm sure he doesn't want to, to dis- disappoint us what did you see with max muncie this weekend yeah i mean i i think we mentioned it you know we we're talking about you know moving him in the order but we mentioned he could get hot at any at any moment right like at any moment max muncie will go off and we saw it this weekend right he had the grand slam in today's game and and he had a couple another home run the other game so we know he's capable of of hitting the long ball and, and getting those hits. I mean, the only thing I want to see, right, is, is just get that batting average up a little bit more. I mean, I, I'm not going to expect him to hit 300. You know, if he gets it up to 220, he's hitting his home runs, he's hit, getting on base, he's driving in people, you're going to take it, right? So hopefully this kind of gets him going a little bit more. And, you know, we'll, you know we're, we're getting into August. You know, last couple months he gets hot, carries into the playoffs. And and I think the Dodgers are going to need that bat to to heat up and stay hot because uh, we got an update a very late scratch. Uh, JD Martinez was scratched from the lineup. 
uh, with a left hamstring uh, tightness. Uh, Dave Roberts has already he told us that he's not going to be playing in Monday back in L.A. against the Azulejos. So back-to-back days. You know, we were talking about this off-air. I've heard this story before. And one of the things that we're going to get to in a little bit is when it comes to injury updates, especially from the Dodgers, how much can we trust them? I am seeing, and I know this is what people are going to start calling me the Prince of Darkness, but I foresee that J.D. Martinez is probably going to be down for two weeks. The Dodgers are always conservative, and that guy is having a great season. He's a big bat. It's a hamstring. You don't want this lingering for the rest of the season, especially as we get closer to the playoffs. You don't want to lose J.D. Martinez for a longer period of time. Uh, right now, the Dodgers are four games up. All of a sudden, they're four games up in the division. So you have a little bit of a cushion. So I have no problem with the Dodgers being a little more conservative with J.D. Martinez uh, in terms of his hamstring issue. So Max Muncy starting to heat up, I think, is is very important because if Martinez does miss a, a, a lengthy period of time, they need a bat to replace the bat that they're going to lose with J.D. Martinez. One of the things I want to share with you guys that I saw out here in Texas, and I want to get your guys' opinion on this, I know we've talked about uh, the fear of losing Clayton Kershaw to the Texas Rangers. And you saw it with Max Muncy. He gets to, you know, he's from Texas. He got to sleep in his own bed. You see what that comfort did for him. He had a very good series about Texas. All I'm saying to you guys is playing in your hometown And I know this doesn't apply to everybody, but there's something to that. I saw Clayton Kershaw with his family before they came. They were coming through the tunnel. They were going to the field. And you could see the smiles on everyone in that family's face because they were home and they got to see, you know, they get to see their dad. And there is something about that. Plus, um, there was a picture floating around. I saw it myself. I, I'm kicking myself for not taking this picture, but it, there's this photo floating around on social media where you saw Clayton Kershaw and Dave Roberts talking to the Rangers, Texas Rangers GM, Chris Young. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say this is tampering, but obviously there is a relationship there between Kershaw and the Rangers GM, Chris Young. Now, Kershaw has always said this, and he's never denied it. But I think both of these things can be true. I think Kershaw loves playing for the Dodgers. But at the same time, the lure of playing at home, I think, is very, very real. Reina, I mean, is is there any truth to what I am saying here that Kershaw saw, was liked being at home for these three days, Saw a competitive Rangers team that hopefully will continue to get better. I know we've already had this conversation before, but have you seen, did you see anything this weekend where you're just sitting there scratching your head going, oh no, I think Kershaw's Kershaw's, uh, starting to feel a lot more comfortable in Texas. I I think you're right. The two are not mutually exclusive. If we can get him to retire as a Dodger, if he can retire as a Dodger, I think that's, that's very high on his priority list. The only way we lose him is because his hometown is in Texas, because he knows the general manager and his family's there. Like that's to me, that's the that's the only way because of the integrity he has as a player and the love he does have for the Dodgers is do you do you want to be closer to your family? And you could see that in his demeanor throughout the weekend. So, I mean, I hope that's not the case, but I mean, there's enough articles floating around. There's his own quotes where he's mentioned it. But hopefully he stays in in Dodger blue for, you know, if he plays next year for at least another year or so. Babyface, I know you've had this fear uh, because you've you've brought it up before. Uh, Did you see anything, whether through the games or anything on social media that you could see was tugging at Kershaw's heartstrings? I mean, I didn't see anything specific, but I mean, it, it, it is one of those things that that I've mentioned and discussed that, yeah, the lure of playing at home, I think it's going to be a big factor. This is his team. He grew up rooting for this team, right? So I know that has something, you know, special. Like, hey, like, I, I think I want to, I'd want to play with them, right? You know, maybe a season or whatever, just to see, just to be home, right? You know, and I'm not saying, hey, we don't want Kershaw to be a Dodger anymore. We don't, you know, we want him to retire as a Dodger. I wish 
he could say it as a Dodger, but he can do whatever. He, Kershaw has earned the right to do whatever he wants. Does he want to come back to the Dodgers? Does he want to retire? Does he want to go play home, right? So he's, he has that option to do it. And, and you know, of course, as Dodger fans, like I said, we want to see him stay here. But, hey, I, I know that, that that is a real thing that he may want to play at home. And you know, as as us as fans, we got to accept whatever he decides at the end of at the end of this season. If he says, you know what, I'm coming back. I want to stay with the Dodgers forever, or you know what, I want to retire, or I want to go somewhere else. As fans, we got to accept it and thank Kershaw for what he's done, right? And and but we just got to play it out. We got we have Kershaw now, and we gotta we gotta enjoy that and enjoy everything that Kershaw has given us, and is still going to give us this season. Yeah, I gotta tell you, I never. I don't know if I ever thought it was a reality. I thought logically it made sense, but I'm telling you, until I saw it today and you see physically how comfortable he is and to be able to have your whole family with you, I, I mean, that that's kind of means something. Uh, Roberts also gave us an update in terms of Clayton Kershaw and his injury. He was supposed what? to have a bullpen. Yes, sir. Just real quick, in, kind of in comparison, I know it's, it's a little bit different, but Freddie Freeman right? Yes. He, he became a free agent. He could have gone somewhere else, right? But he chose to go back home where his family can come and see him every single game at home. So it, it's definitely something that's real and, you know, you can kind of connect it that way. The yeah, fact that so, the Rangers are, are heating up doesn't hurt his case right now to potentially move that direction that, too. Before, that might not have been as big yeah. of a factor and now they're playing well. Yeah, in the past, I think that was the biggest reason why he probably didn't want to do it because right. Kershaw doesn't want to lose and now if they're winning that changes it a lot I mean you're right with the Federico thing right because I, I think he has a suite where his whole family watches the games every day um, and, and you're right Reina I mean I think before I don't think it was as much a reality before because the Rangers weren't very good well now that the Rangers are good they're a couple maybe a couple pitchers away I, it just seemed like again. This is your your reminder again, where we say appreciate Kershaw because who knows how much longer we may have him. Not only because it's his 16th year. I mean, he may decide to just retire, but if he does end up coming to Texas, I can't blame him. It, it was just one of those things that really opened my eyes when I saw it today, and hearing what Max Muncie had to say after the game on Saturday. You know, then maybe there was a little something to waking up in your own bed, having some home cooking, being home in your environment, especially with a season as inconsistent as he is having. I think it's always interesting to go back to something that's comfortable, that's recognizable, and that's your home. And all of a sudden you start performing again. Um, as I was saying before, Roberts did give us an update on the Clayton Kershaw injury. Uh, Kershaw's bullpen is going to be pushed back. Now, Dave Roberts has made it clear that there wasn't anything that came up. Uh, there, there wasn't any setbacks. It seems like it's just the Dodgers being conservative once again. But this is a conversation we've already had on this show many times, and here we are having it again in the sense, first, it was right after the All-Star Bank, he'll come back. Then it's the beginning of August. Now it looks like maybe his bullpen isn't going to take place until the beginning of August. Now, it seems they're still going to do the same thing where it's going to be a bullpen and then a simulated game. It doesn't look like he's going to have to do a rehab assignment. So it's the same question I have to ask you. And the reason why I bring this up is only because nobody asked Roberts in the pregame scrum about Kershaw. He volunteered this information. So this is, once again, proof that I feel he listens to the Bleed Lows podcast. He watches the Bleed Lows podcast. Because we were leaving the scrum, and he said, oh, and one more thing. He volunteered this update on Kershaw, and the reason why he did it is because he said he wanted to make sure he was being, you know, upfront. You know, that it didn't seem like he was hiding, and maybe it's them getting ahead of the story. But once again, now you just, you put the thought in my head. Is Kershaw really not healthy? Is there something going on here that he's maybe worse than what he really is? Or is this just once again, look, we have a four-game lead in the division now. Let's 
go through the trade deadline. Let's see if we can get some more starting pitching. Let's see if we can get some more help, and let's continue to buy him time so he's fresh come to the postseason. Reina, I ask you again, the fact that the timeline is changing with Kershaw again, does does this give you concern? Um, I don't know if they're being like if there's intentional secrecy involved or if, you know, it just they really are taking it day by day, moment by moment. Um, I'm hoping that he comes back. But without knowing what the, the prognosis is, we're all kind of in the dark. Like we're, we're just hoping that that what Doc is saying is accurate and that he will come back. I think they were saying that he's not going to throw that up down bullpen on Monday. So at that rate, depending on the days off in August, do we see him this month? I, I mean, I hope so. Well, that was the other thing that he had pointed out. Thank you for reminding me. Based on the schedule, that was another reason because of the off days. That was another reason why they had decided to push things back. So for me, it seems like they're just trying to, you know, buy more time. They're trying to maximize as much as I uh, as they can. Babyface, do you see this? Do you read this any other way other than that? Yeah, I mean... I actually thought, like, when he gave the timeline, and I don't know, maybe just my days are off. You know, he said bullpen on Monday, and then he was going to face live hitting, and then and then kind of he'd be back, right? And I thought, well, that might kind of be like really right, right at the beginning of August, right, like the first, second, right in that. So I mean, I think the maybe they're just pushing him a couple of days to kind of get him maybe in that first week, you know, technically. Um, I mean, I don't know. I like I said, it's just it to me. It just seems more like it's it's like his scheduled break, you know, whether it was however minor that that injury is, or like you said, it's hard to say, but is it minor? Was it major? Because like you said, there's been so much secrecy to it, right? It's like not even Kershaw, not nobody on the Dodgers side really is kind of giving you a lot of what's really going on. So it's like, you know, we'll, we'll see. Hopefully August, you know, rolls around in what, about another seven days or so, right? And you know, let's see. Let's see if Kershaw's in that in that starting uh, lineup. You know, come towards that first week in August. They don't have a lot of days off though coming up. Like they'll have this coming Thursday, and then they'll have the Monday, the last Monday in July. Then they go on a 13 game between home stands and, and away games. They're going to play 13 days straight. So I mean, if the, there's a lot of credit to what Doc is saying because they're not going to get a day off until August 14th. So if you're not trying to stress him out, throwing him back in the rotation. That's something to keep in mind. They have two days off the entire month of August. So maybe that's there's where hopefully there's some merit, right? That's where the schedule evens out because in the month of July, they had, well, was it June or July baby phase where they, they it seemed like they had every Monday off. So now, of course, everything is going to even out here. Um, it's just another thing to keep an eye on. Um, I, I, this gives us a really good transition into the trade rumors. Uh, because I'm seeing a lot of this in social media, especially after the start that Emmett Sheehan had, that the Dodgers, they need starters. Uh, they not. I know some people want more than one starter. They're talking about two starters. I think that's, that's really gritty. I'm only going to say this is keep in mind, and I know this is, I'm going to, I can already hear you guys groaning when I say this, but Ryan Pepio is doing a rehab assignment in the minors. And so is Noah Syndergaard. I'm trying to think the way the Dodgers front office thinks, okay? Because I know that you guys, you guys, nobody wants to see Syndergaard back there, right? But uh, Emmett Sheehan, what I'm seeing with Emmett Sheehan, I'm curious to see if you guys are seeing the same thing. I, I mean, the guy, first of all, this is his first loss. You know, as as poorly as he's looked the last few starts, this is his first loss in the major leagues. He did not look sharp at all on Sunday against the Rangers. Uh, and for me, it seemed like it was a command issue. Uh, obviously, the ball, the walks uh, have really been hurting him lately in his last few starts. But he is leaving the ball over the plate. And these are major league hitters. Uh, I, at the same time, I want to give him credit because this is a guy who made the jump from double A to the major leagues. I don't think anybody... I, I, I hate to use the excuse. He's not even supposed to be here. But for me, the issue is with command, uh, with Emmett Sheehan. Reina, what are you seeing with Emmett Sheehan? I mean, that's definitely the case. He, there was a lot of uh, Twitter was a flutter during the game. Um, 
I think we just have to remind ourselves like pitchers again are going to have good and bad days. This kid jumped from double A to the, to the majors and he's holding down a starting like rotation spot. we got to give him some grace. Is it great when we, you know, he's giving up hits? No, but I mean, the kid's doing his best. He's, I just feel like we need to give him a little bit more grace with, with, you know, time in, in the majors. Babyface, uh, it seems apparent that if the Dodgers do acquire some starting pitching and that Sheehan is going to be the one being sent down. Uh, if that's the case, if this is the last we see of Emmett Sheehan in the season, what have you been your thoughts on Emmett Sheehan? I mean, he, you know, we're discussing it today. I mean, he burst on the scene, right? He came, comes up, he has that no hitter, his first game, right? And, you know, deep into the game. And, and I mean, he's done, He's done, I believe, really, really good at this level, right? You know, and obviously, you know, you're going to have your hiccups, you know, and, and, and you know, he went through it today, but he's shown that he could bounce back. So, if, you know, if he comes, he comes back, has another start, you know, I kind of expect him to see how he reacts in his next start. But, yeah, I mean, when you got, you know, Pepio, looks like they're trying to build him up, get him up to, like, you know, five, six innings, and then you got Syndergaard. I mean, I'm thinking – they might, you know, just give Syndergaard another shot, see how he comes back and see how he does, you know, run him out there and see if, if he can give him anything, you know, and if he doesn't, then, you know, you, t- you take him out and move on. Right. But I think uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're going to, they're going to give Syndergaard another shot back in the rotation. And then, like you said, with Pepio, and then if they make a move and they get someone else, you know, that's, that's three starters right there that you're plugging into to the starting uh, rotation. That's why when I hear that the Dodgers need two starters, that, that, that the Dodgers are going to go get all the starting pitching, that's why I, I'm sure they're going to get one. And now whether it's going to be, I, I don't think it's going to be, let's say I'll be pleasantly surprised if it is somebody like Giolito. But Giolito isn't ha- is not throwing elite numbers. His ERAs are, is in the threes, uh, right? Um, but because of the fact that they're going to use Syndergaard and they're going to use Pepio, and I think it's about getting towards to just getting to the end of the season, right? And that's why, in terms of the trade market, I, I'm very, very, I, I find it, I'm very doubtful that they'll get two starters. Also, just because of the price of, of getting two starters. Um, one of the other things that I, 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 in terms of the the trade rumors that are going on here. Uh, with Pepio and Syndergaard. I just want to throw this out to you guys. In terms of getting ready for a rotation in the playoffs, you hope that Kershaw comes back. Kershaw is your best pitcher. He's got an ERA of 2.55. I keep hearing that right now, the way this rotation is as, as it stands, the best pitcher on the rotation is Bobby Miller. Okay, Bobby Miller's ERA is over four. Now, I know that's not the case anymore, but going into the start on Sunday, Emmett Sheehan's uh, ERA was in the high fours, right? Do you know who has – and then Julio's ERA is in the fives. Do you know who has the best ERA outside of Kershaw in the starting rotation, guys? Tell us. Tony Gonsolin. Tony Gonsolin's ERA is in the threes. Now, Tony Gonsolin had another one of those starts on Friday, which is a start that we've discussed, one of those starts that just doesn't make any sense because it seems like he pitched a lot worse than what he actually did. But it was a Tony Gonsolin start where, again, he only gave up like three hits. But they hit the ball hard on him. Johnny DeLuca saved him twice a couple of times. But this is the thing that's baffling to me about this Dodgers starting rotation, right? You have Kershaw, and then you would think, okay, well, we got Julio, but Julio is up and down this season, and the rookies are struggling. I don't know if guys with ERAs of the fours or in the fives, if that's going to play in the playoffs, okay? In, in the regular season, this offense has been so good, and we haven't talked about it that much on this, um, on this episode, considering that they scored 16 runs on Saturday, they scored 11 runs on Friday. Since the all-star break, this offense, I think, has been carrying this team. And when your ERA, when your pitchers are giving up four and five runs, but your team is your offense is giving you double-digit runs, 
that's going to play in in the regular season. But in the postseason, when they're not going to hit like that, it's going to be harder to hit. They're not going to be scoring those kind of runs. You're going to need your pitchers to keep you in the game. So, I, again, I go back to you, Reina, considering that technically in terms of stats, Tony Gonsolin right now is your second best pitcher. Bringing back Pepio and bringing Syndergaard to help you just to get to the finish line, what are you going to do in the playoffs if you can't pull off a deal for a starter? We're, I mean, we're just going to have to limp our way through. I mean, we, we make it sound horrible, right? But as, as we're limping through with what we have right now, we're still in the lead. We're still leading the NL West. We still just went head-to-head with some of the best teams and won. We, we took most of the series, I think. I think we took all of them, like two out of three. Yeah. So is it ideal? Do we want to tax the bullpen? No, but even looking at numbers right now, Emmett Sheehan's pitched probably about half of the innings that, that Syndergaard has, but he still has a little bit better ERA. I mean, is Sheehan is still maybe a better bet than Syndergaard at this point. I think Syndergaard came out a couple, like, early in a couple games in a row. So, you know, we're making it work. We're cobbling it together. Would another starting pitcher help? Absolutely. But if you get rid of what we have now, who are we actually bringing up? Outside of your, your – we're pinning our hopes on Pepe and Syndergaard maybe coming back. But beyond that, who else? So the guys we have right now are doing a pretty good job carrying the team underneath, under, you know, based on the circumstances that we're in right now. Babyface, uh, going into the, the trade deadline and then coming out of it, depending on what the moves the Dodgers make, the starting pitching right now seems to be the biggest weakness, correct? Yeah, I mean, like you were discussed earlier, right, that that has been kind of when you think of the Dodgers, like, well, how are they so good, right? Because their, their pitching has yeah. been just just been held together like i mean yeah you're gonna need you're gonna need those guys right you know your kershaw's your julio's going down the stretch you know there's been that talk of walker bueller like coming back in 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 september like if he does if he does is he gonna give him anything is he gonna be used as a starter i've heard maybe he would be like an opener mm-hmm. two innings three innings you know if he does come back you know, so depending what happens at the trade deadline, like you said, you know, it'd be great if they get a, a Jack Flattery, um, Flattery or a, a Giolito, right? Um, but like I said, it's I think they just need guys that can can eat up innings, right? Um, so Michael Lorenzen is somebody else that's been brought up, but he's gotten hot too. So now, like a lot of teams are going to be on. Like I said, it's not just the Dodgers that need pitching, right? Even even if All you right. look at staffs that that don't look that like they're beat up. They still want pitching too, so it's going to be hard to get one guy right, and you know to try and get two guys. I mean, I think that's going to be a lot to ask. This is where the Prince of Darkness comes in, right? I'm not expecting anything from Bueller. I, I really am not. I think it's asking a lot for a guy to come into September, and then you're going to be in a month. It's going to be the intensity is just going to be ratcheted up to a hundred, but. I'm trying to think like Friedman. When you got guys like Pepio, you got guys like Syndergaard, you got guys like Bueller that are going to be coming, there's a part of me that just feels, okay, that's great, but it could be Daniel Hudson all over again, right? They may come and pitch really well for one start, and then after that you lose them, and then what do you do? But the price is going to be extremely high, as you had mentioned. They're not the only ones going after pitching. And it only seems like there's a few teams out there that have anything. And if they are going to have to do it, it looks like it's going to be a, a huge overpay. And is this the year that you want to go in and overpay uh, on a team that it really seems the glaring weakness is going to be starting pitching? Or is it just what we've been talking about all along? Just get in. Just get in and hope things go go crazy for you in, in the playoffs. I mean, Reina, do, do you expect Walker Bueller, even if he just comes in as an opener, do you expect him in September that he's going to be in the form that the Dodgers need him to be in to win? Because in the playoffs, things are different. No, and I and I wouldn't want him to come in like fully ramped up like that. I mean, we saw that with Blake Trinan taking most of the year off last year, and then we brought him in at the end, and he went right back out. I, 
I don't want to see that for Walker. Like, I don't want to see that for the team, but like, nobody wants to see that happen to him either. He's such a great pitcher that we like, we would need to ramp him up. I think Babyface is right. Like we bring him in as an opener if we, if we do that, but I don't, I don't want to injure somebody just because we need pitching that bad. I think we've managed to make it this far. We continue doing what we're doing versus hurting somebody and, and their potential career down the line. Babyface, the trade line, the trade deadline is over and Friedman comes out and he explains that the reason why we didn't get any starters is because we got Noah Syndergaard coming back and we got Ryan Pepio coming back. As a fan, how do you not interpret that as, oh, they're punting on the season? And if they're punting on the season, are you going to be okay with that? I mean, I, I don't think that word punting, I mean, I don't think the Dodgers are punting at all in on the season or have been or people have been saying, oh, they're punting on the season. Like I said, there's no need to win 110 games to get into the postseason. That I think that's what has changed from last year to this year. It's like, right. But let me ask you this: if they don't get another starter, or even if they do get a starter, you still feel very confident about a rotation going into a short playoff series with Kershaw. Hopefully, Julio turns things around. We don't know, and maybe a Giolito. And if you don't get a Giolito, it's a Gonsolin. Do you feel good about that? Because that's what I'm, this is about, right? Because it's about winning the World Series. So I think it's an un, you know, foregone conclusion. We're getting into the playoffs, but what moves can we do now that are not only going to help us get through the rest of the season, but they're going to help us in the playoffs? I mean, here we are almost August, right? And, and look at the pitching staff, right? And and yeah. where are they? Where are they in the season? Right, they're in first place. Right, so I think you know once you get to the playoffs, yeah, yeah, it totally changes. Right, but if Kershaw goes out there and, and he gives them five six innings, keeps them in the ball game, you know, you know, and even if they don't score off whoever they're playing their starter, if they could get to the bullpen, right, that's where you want to be at, right. And same thing with with Julio and Gonsolin. You know, same thing. We we just don't want like Gonsolin to like implode right if you know if he goes out there and pitches a Gonson game you know but he only gives them four innings five innings but he keeps them in the game I think that's what they're going to want every single time in the playoffs so if these guys continue to do that you know I think it's it's going to be up to the bats in the playoffs in the late innings that's that's what we need to see in the playoffs right if, if the pitching keeps them in the games we need to see the bats come alive in the playoffs Reina, I know it's July and we're talking like it is October, but isn't I don't I don't feel it's looking too far ahead. But if we're general managers, that's what this is, because we don't have another trade deadline like this is the last chance that you have to improve your team. And again, having players return from injury to me is very it's it's 50 50. I, I mean, that's that's risky. And. You gave a great example with, with Blake Trinan because I feel like that's kind of what happened with the Dodgers last year, too, where they were expecting these guys to come back from injury to do things that is on the back of their baseball card, and that didn't happen. So aren't, aren't we really, even though it's July, aren't we really talking about what are we doing in October? For sure. And I think the like best case scenario, we do pick up at least one more starter so that we're not hobbling. I know we keep saying we've made it this far, right? But if if you're if we're putting on our general manager hats, we do need something because to your point, once we get into the postseason, if we have an exhausted bullpen, they're doing great right now, but they just had a break with the all-star break. Um, do we have another situation with like Brandon Morrow where we wore him out and you know we can't keep using him in in the postseason. So if we can if we can bolster it a little bit, that would be ideal. If we can't, I mean, again, we're still in first place. So either way, we're in an okay position. Could we, could it be better? Yes. So I, I guess it just depends on what the front office wants to to dole out. And again, a big shout out to the Dodgers bullpen. They went in, on Sunday. They went a, a four and a third of shutout ball. All those runs were scored off of Sheehan. And in the beginning of that game, I thought, well, they're going to make Sheehan wear this one because it, it looked very clear from the the walks just kill you and missing in the zone. Uh, it, it was just too much of a hole for the Dodgers to dig themselves out of. Um, I want to segue to another thing, and this is going to make uh, Babyface very happy because Babyface, 
this is where you get your point. I want to acknowledge you and give you credit because you have always harped on this and I've always like disagreed with you and just never thought there was any truth to what you were saying. But you have always said about the CFO that this, the teams need to be light and you know, if they, if they're feeling good, they're going to play better. And if they have somebody that can lighten the mood, then you're going to see it on the field. And the whole dance, the Freddie Freeman gala dance celebration, I don't think I have ever seen this team. And this was in the, the years they won the World Series or, or went to the World Series when they had the bubble machine or what, whatever you name it. I don't think I've ever seen them this loose. I mean, the fact that everybody is doing that dance celebration and even the serious red asses on this team, uh, uh, Babyface, I want to digress to you. I give you your point. You're absolutely right. Do you think the dance celebration is maybe something that's going to turn and make this team just go on a ridiculous run that we've seen these Dodger teams in the past do in the summer. It seems on the summer they just go into, and you had mentioned it before. I mean, right now, all of a sudden, don't look now, the Dodgers have a four-game lead in the fur. Can they separate themselves? And is it a re- as a result of the Freddie Freeman dance celebration? Yeah, I mean, so I guess it, it, is Freddie the, the new CFO, right? Is, is he, I mean, because it, it seemed like. And who know, had that on their bingo card? Him right. As the CFO. I mean, and, and it seems like they've been holding on to this, right? Because the gala was what, like almost a month ago, right? And and they, yeah. they, they, they were holding this in their back pocket, like kind of just itching and itching to like get this out there. So, I mean, yeah, it's good. It's good to see, you know, them really having fun and kind of, and, and kind of really being loose out there and, 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 I mean, these guys, like I said, you know, when we saw them, like we looked on, you know, looked on paper, like, oh man, these guys aren't as good as the Padres, right? Where you look on paper, right. but these guys are are having fun. They're playing for each other, right? They're, there's, they're just, they're all in on each other, right? And they want, they want to win for each other. And I think we're seeing that, you know, they've had some struggles during the season. They've overcame that, you know. There was a time they were playing really bad, right? And like they've overcome that. And right now, it looks like they're really getting into their groove and. You know, it, it's summer, right? It's summer. And this is the time where teams go through it. You know, they got to struggle and they got to they got to really work their way through it. And I think this is definitely going to help them as we get into the end of summer and going, you know, into that playoff push. Yeah, the the dog days are coming. Reina, do you like the celebration? Oh, my God, I love it. Like, it just, this is something I feel like we've been missing for a couple of years. Like, we, when you had, like, Kike and Jock and everybody on the team, it felt like we had more of that lightness that you'd see the the antics in the clubhouse. Somehow that would make it out to the socials. And we haven't really had that the last couple of years. Like, when we had Theo Albert, like, he would come in with his hugs. So we had a little bit of that. And last year, I think, with Hanser and um, Joey Gallo, like, they would have some fun, but it didn't feel like it spread team-wide this you've got guys doing it when they get on the base it's supposed to be extra base hits you've got you've got Muncie doing it while he's coming around doing a you know hitting a home run and they're turning and acknowledging the bullpen as well as the dugout like how great is that and and fans get to see it I think Oral was talking about on the broadcast yesterday like wait till it comes back to Dodger Stadium and fans actually get to participate like how amazing how much more on fire is the stadium going to be when that happens Babyface, I got to ask you this. I, I know, like, I think you did. Correct me if I'm wrong. But when, like, the Bravos were doing that celebration where they were eating, it would piss you off. You know, if you're an opposing team and you're seeing the Dodgers do this dance celebration, isn't it going to piss you off? Isn't it going to be annoying to anyone who is not the Dodgers? I'm not sure. I mean, because, I mean, every team has a celebration now, kind of, it seems like, you know. And I think... The Dodgers do it. The Dodgers just kind of do it on the bases. Like, they don't really do anything for home runs, right? Like, you see a lot of teams now, they'll put on a jacket. They'll put on some kind of headgear or something. Like, Dodgers don't really do it. They kind of keep it to the bases. And and I know there's some guys that can get, like, like, can get carried away, like, with some of their their antics when they're on the base. Like, like, for example... um, I've seen like the Padres do like they'll do like fifteen different things. Like you, a guy hits a home run, and they're like, at first base it's one thing, at second it's something, at third it's something, and at, at home plate that I think can get under people's skin. 
But I, I why, mean, I why do you hate the Padres so much, Reina? I mean, it's obligatory, right? I think we got to do like Pee Wee's Playhouse, where we all scream whenever Babyface brings up the Padres, and it's like now it's a new segment on the show. Babyface shits on the show pods out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, you bring in the show pods. The show pods had nothing to do with it. We're talking about the, yeah, the you were ask, you were asking about annoying celebrations, and that's. That's the only team that sticks to my. In, I to said, me, in my if head. you are an opposing team, would you be annoyed by the Dodgers doing this? And you took it as an opportunity. Let me shit on the show pods here. No, <laughs> no. I mean, I think I think I don't think it's annoying. Like if if I mean, I guess there's ways to make it like just overboard and kind of get overboard. I mean, I'm sure there might be somebody that might get annoyed with it. Like, you know, Madison Mumgarner, if he was pitching, right? And somebody <laughs> hits a double off him and they start doing that at second. I think, I think he'd be pretty annoyed, but I think for the most part, more, most players now are kind of, it's kind of commonplace. I think you have, you have that, that thing though, right? Like we were, if you watch the game, the Rangers had their own celebration like that they were doing. So like to, to Babyface's point, all the teams are doing it. I think it only becomes an issue when you have an opposing team that mocks it. Like I think we've had, I think Tatis has mocked it in the past, or we've had other players that have done that on the field where that's where it gets a little questionable. Like, Hey, you, you guys have your thing. We have ours. Like, let's just play the game. This is what makes it fun for us and the fans. So I think that's where I would draw my line is like, you know, let's let's not crap on each other. Yeah, I I mean, at, to to Oral Hershiser's point, I think it is going to be interesting to see what happens when they do get back to Dodger Stadium, because so far everyone on social media thinks it's hilarious that these guys are doing it. Uh, so I I just it, to me it was just very noticeable, like you had said, Reina, the bullpen, and it, I think it's a very accurate, uh, astute point on your part. This is the first time that it feels like everyone on the team is, is involved in this celebration. And and it's I, I'm just I've never really subscribed to that theory. I always feel like, hey dude, winning fixes everything. I mean, you guys talked about it last year. There was no CFO last year. They were by the business and they won hundred and eleven games. It's just but, like don't don't tell me like that team's not good. I mean, they won 111 games. You know what also makes it kind of different is I think it's, and we kind of saw this with Muncie, it kind of, it kind of takes players that are kind of just more hard-nosed, it kind of takes them out of their comfort zone too, and and they're doing it, right? Like Muncie, like before it was like, hey, everybody pat on the head, whatever, yeah. you know, mic to the head, whatever, something, hey, whatever, it's not that crazy, right? Now, this is kind of, they're actually kind of having to move a certain way. Like, and I think it's taking these guys out of their comfort zone. And, and I think that's what gets the players like fired up. Like, Oh my gosh, Muncy's doing it. And, you know, like right. you don't expect him to do that. Right. And he's doing it. Right. So I think that that's firing them up as well. And it humanizes them too. Like how much more fun is it to watch a game where your guys, the people that you watch, whether you're watching every day or you, you watch a game here and there, they're fired up. That gets fans fired up. Like I had so much more fun watching the game and I was still on the same spot on the couch. Like nothing <laughs> changed other than they were having fun and it just, it's infectious. I, I love it. I think it's great. Yeah. I, I mean, I, it's, I, I'm very curious to see. I'm sure. I know they already started making shirts about it, uh, making it uh, those uh, balloon, uh, the ones that you see outside of, of car sales, the ones that flap their arms and all that stuff. But it, 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 and look, they're winning. That's also a big difference. You know, when the fact that they've won six out of nine on this road trip uh, was something I'm very surprised to see. Now they come back home. I, this is a, this is an important stretch, especially with the trade. I, I just want to add with this because Dave Roberts was act, asked about the trade deadline. And this goes up to, once again, I'm going to give you your point, babyface. I don't want you to ever call me a hater because I'm giving your, your points when you're right. Uh, they had asked, hey, look, this team seems like it's a very close-knit team. And I know I've seen this online before where a lot of people have argued the point where, hey, when you make the superstars happy, the rest of the team is going to be good because you bring in, like, Jason Hayward, you bring in J.D. Martinez, guys that had relationships with Federico and with Mookie, um, that that kind of stuff, you, you've said this before in other episodes, Babyface, the culture, the Dodgers culture, signing specific guys that maybe complement the talent that you already have on the team. And maybe that's what other teams are missing when they try to 
build fantasy fantasy teams, right? Where it's just like you're not taking into account how these pieces all fit together. So Roberts was asked, like, do you guys take that into consideration when the trade deadline comes? Like, okay, if we give if we're gonna get this player, how does this player fit in our clubhouse? Or who do we give up? Who's gonna leave? And if we trade this guy and we no longer have this guy's presence in our clubhouse what is that going to do to our clubhouse reina um do you think that that's something that friedman takes into account because roberts made it seem like they do think about that stuff like is it going to hurt us yeah maybe it's we're going to have someone else who's more productive but the intangibles that this guy brings to our our team are important to our team I think I think that's something we touched on the the last time we all we all chatted about this is I think that's something we do really well. I say we like I'm involved, but like I think that's something the front office does really well is they do take into account not just the stats, but the personalities of the players. And I think that's why the Dodgers are so successful is you are looking at those personality fits. There's a reason we didn't bring certain players back that have outstanding contracts right now or even bring in players you know, significant players from from that Astros team that we could have gotten in free agency this year. And I think it be, is because they are thinking of that cohesion in the clubhouse, but also on the field. And I think I think that's important. And that's one of the things I love about this team. So, Babyface, if certain trades don't get done by the deadline, do you think it's going to be because of factors like that where the Dodgers are like, ah, the 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 risk versus reward is not great enough? Or is it just strictly going to come down to the price tag to make these deals? I mean, I think it's a price. I mean, at the end of the day, you want to win, right? And we've seen Friedman. Obviously, he's signed guys that that didn't fit, right, in that clubhouse, right? You know, and 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 were the wrong guys to be there. But I mean, at the end of the day, you know, they're they're going to look for guys that right are team first players, right, and that could help his team, right? And and I think that's that's what they're going to look for. And, and, you know, if they can get that, they're going to, they're going to bring them in. And if they can get somebody that's going to just help them win, you know, they're going to do it. I mean, you didn't, you didn't bring it up, but I'm, since we're on the trade deadlines, we we're talking about it offline. Uh, Kiki Hernandez is the name that's been in the news, right? As far as a trade rumor, he's a right-handed bat, you know, and could he be a Dodger? I mean, uh, I'm not big on reunions, you know, like, but, um, I mean, I don't think the Red Sox, I don't think the Red Sox are specifically trying to sell either. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't know how his name is, is, you know, floating out there, maybe just cause they're trying to get pieces, you know, cause he's his expiring contract. But I mean, how would you guys feel with, you know, bringing back some of those guys? Well, I know that Reina loves that, right? You you love the idea of Kike coming back. He's one of my favorite players. I know he's been pretty spotty, uh, like, production-wise this year. But, again, everything the Dodgers touch turns to gold. And he's always a, a factor in the postseason. He always produced at, at that point. Um, and, again, personality-wise, he just brings that level of fun to the to the dugout, to the clubhouse that – I think is it's a good fit for the team, and and personally, I just I just like him as a player. He's in the past he, when he played for us, he was a really good utility player. You could plug him into any hole, and and he would work. He would he would do the job. So, I think it'd be really hard to tear him away from uh, from yeah. JT though in Boston though because mm-hmm. they're, they're they're really tight, right? Yes, <laughs> but he might not have a say. Yeah. I, I mean, look from last we've heard, Las Medias Rojas may be buyers. You know, they they may still be, cons- uh, you know, want to have a chance to make the playoffs there. Uh, my thing in this with, with Geeky is numbers-wise, I don't think he solves the problem that you have, and that is you need a right-handed bat. I mean, you saw the lineup on Sunday. Um, I, I want <laughs> before, okay, I, I want to finish this thought, but I don't know if Geeky solves that problem. So, if you're going to trade somebody for a right-handed bat, I, I think you have to get somebody that's got the numbers, that's going to make your lineup better, that's going to stretch out your lineup. Uh, I don't know if Kike does that. Plus, I don't know. But it could be one of those things where maybe a change of scenery, and you've seen it before. I mean, I know everybody hates to say this, but if don't look at Cody Ballinger's numbers right now because it's just going to piss you off. 
it is absolutely going to piss you off to see what Cody Bellinger is doing. And you know what, babyface, I agree with you. If Cody Bellinger was still a Dodger, I don't think he'd be hitting the way he's hitting with the Cubs. So maybe it was just a change of scenery. I know he worked on certain things. I don't blame the Dodgers for letting him go. Uh, this is if Bellinger did something different, you know, good for him. Why didn't he do it when he was with the Dodgers? You know, that that's one of those things where I don't blame the Dodgers for that. So maybe Geek coming back, maybe, you know, it's a change of scenery. He feel it. He feels more comfortable. It's like the same thing that we were talking about at the beginning of the episode with Muncie. Like, who knows? It's just like the simplest thing can all of a sudden change things for you. I mean, you guys mentioned it. This whole dance celebration, maybe guys who were trying too hard, guys who were pressing, maybe all of a sudden this dance celebration has just made them lighten up. And, you know, they're not overthinking things now. And all of a sudden that's what changed things. Uh, for you. So it, it'll be very interesting. I want to end the show this way. I know we talked about it on the live. I'm seeing it a lot again today. Stop the Austin Barnes hate, guys. Look, we all know he's having a terrible season, but I think you guys are bending over backwards to try to find reasons. See, this is why the Dodgers lose. The Dodgers lose because of Austin Barnes. Look, if Austin Barnes was calling a bad game, Emmett Sheehan command was the issue. He was leaving pitches right over the plate. You can't blame Austin Barnes for that. Yes, I understand Austin Barnes hit a double play, hit into a double play to end the game. All I'm saying, guys, is he's a backup catcher. I think there's better things that we can do to then go out of I, I just I am starting to feel so bad for this kid because the the slander, the Austin Barnes slander that happens on social media once the game ends or even during the game or whenever he makes an appearance in a game, I just have to remind you guys, he is the backup catcher for this team. In the playoffs, when things matter, how many people have Austin Barnes? I know we saw it last year when he ended up pinch hitting, but I, I just, I, I don't know, maybe it's my naivete, I don't think Austin Barnes plays that instrumental of a role on this team. Babyface, what say you? I mean, obviously you'd want to see Austin Barnes doing better, and he's the first one to tell you, yeah, I want to do better myself too, right? But, yes. I mean, he's struggling right now, and, and he is, like you said, he is the backup catcher, and unless they would do something, and I don't see them doing a move with Austin Barnes, he is going to be the backup catcher come playoff time. He will be on the roster because they need a backup catcher. And that's what he is. He is a backup catcher. You will see Will Smith out there, you know, per, you know, every game. And then if the situation arises, then you'll see Barnes. But yes, Barnes is playing what? Once a week, right? Exactly. So, and he's struggling. And now you're playing once a week to try and to get going. That's going to be tough. You know, so don't yeah. really, don't really expect for Barnes to really get it going. If he's going out there one one time every seven days, it's going to be tough. Reina, I know you've seen the the math that they do to to blame him for Chernobyl. Uh, I think he's responsible for every natural disaster on the planet. I I mean, what are your thoughts on the Austin Barnes situation? I mean, I guess I look at it two ways. The numbers are one thing. I mean, as a fan, they're frustrating. They've got to be even more frustrating as the player themselves. But he goes out to play when Dave Roberts puts him in the lineup. So if he's, I think we were talking about this offline, like if he's struggling, you know, with either the yips or just, you know, maybe defensively, he's still got to go out and play. It doesn't matter, you know, what his numbers are, how he feels about it. When Dave Roberts puts him in that lineup, he's got to go out and play and do the best that he can. So we can be frustrated with the stats, but I think we need to remember that he's human and he's doing the best he can. I will end the show with this. If Will Smith was hurt and we had to turn to Austin Barnes, then what I would say to all of you is, okay, maybe there's a point to what you're saying, but like baby said, like La Reina said, this is a guy now who is playing maybe once a week. And it's really more just to give Will Smith a break. Um, it just guys, just try try to enjoy it. The Dodgers are in first place. They're playing really well right now. Who knows what the trade deadline is going to bring us? 
Baseball is is supposed to be fun. Let's just focus on the dance celebration, all right? I, I can't believe that I'm the one that has to be positive here when I am referred to as the Prince of Darkness. I just I just don't understand the slander. Yes, he's not playing well, but guess what? There was a lot of times people early on the Dodgers this season were not playing well, and all of a sudden they turned their season around. Now, before you at me, I'm not sitting there and saying – Barnes is going to turn his season around. All I'm just saying is try to enjoy the fact that this team is in first place. Try to focus on on the good things that are happening. Yeah, they lost on Sunday, but they won two out of three. Six and nine road trip is nothing to sneeze at, and they're coming home. So go to Dodger Stadium and have a good time. Uh, six, you and three, those... six and three road trip. What did I say? Six and nine. Yeah, six and nine wouldn't be oh, great. Oh, I meant I meant to say six out of nine. They won six out of nine. See, okay, all right. Math has not been my forte. I'm a, uh, I was more of a uh, liberal arts major. Uh, anyways, yo ha sido su servidor Juan Ramirez de parte de mis colegas, la reina de Playa Larga, Amy Cuevas, and Babyface. Nos vemos para la próxima. This episode of the Bleed Those podcast has been brought to you by BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.